anyone knows me, you know I have one favorite hymn, one favorite hymn that stands out uh, more than the rest, that I love more than all the rest. Uh, I have one favorite hymn. Now that one favorite hymn could be one of about 200 different songs, and it's usually the one that I heard last. Uh, It changes daily, sometimes it changes hourly. Uh, If I tell you that's my favorite, wait about 10 minutes and ask me again. Uh, Right now, it's great as thy faithfulness. Uh, Also, if you know me, you know I'm the same way when it comes to my favorite verses. There are some great verses. There are some tremendous verses. And I love to think about certain verses. Man, there there are some great verses. Well, I can tell you of all of the great marvelous verses, I do believe that these verses tonight truly are my favorite. Now, if you do know me, you know that is the truth. And so tonight, I want to tell you, I am happy and I am blessed to preach to you my favorite verses in all of Scripture, verses that I love so much. Tonight, we're in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. John chapter 14, tonight, verses 1 through 6. Our message is entitled, In Jesus We Trust. In Jesus We we trust. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's Word. Beginning in verse 1, Jesus is speaking. He says this, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Verse 4, and you know the way where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? Verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we come tonight, we're thankful for you. And I pray right now, whatever, whatever situation we just came out of, whatever our day has looked like, I pray that right now we turn our eyes to you. We fix our eyes upon you. And I pray that we would see you tonight, that we would hear from you tonight. I pray that you'd be lifted up and glorified in our midst tonight. Lord, I pray now as we begin to study your word, I pray, Lord, that it truly is a tremendous event, an awesome event. Uh, We know your word is living and active. We know it's your voice that we seek and your voice that we hear. Lord, I pray that you would supernaturally speak to us tonight. I pray that in the fruit of that, again, that we would be encouraged, that we would be built up. I, I pray that the lost tonight in the hearing of the good news would turn to you. And again, I pray that in every bit, every piece of that, every movement of it, that you would be glorified. We give it to you. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We know tonight life is hard. We know that life throws us curves that can knock us for a loop. We know there are times in our life that we cannot understand for the life of us. We can't understand. We know there are times that hurt us, that grieve us, to the very core. We know there are times that we do not know what to expect, and it looks honestly like there's no good outcome on the horizon. 
We know that life in these days is full of troubles. We know that. That's the reality. We know that life is full of trouble. Well, the question is tonight, how do we live in the midst of trouble? How do we live with trouble swirling all around us and ourselves not become troubled? Now, that's an important thing. That is a key thing for us as believers. How do we live in the midst of trouble and yet ourselves not become troubled? Well, I want to tell you tonight that is possible. I want to tell you tonight the good news that is available in Jesus tonight. Whatever your situation, and I want you to hear this, whatever your situation is tonight, whatever you're facing tonight, whatever terrible trouble is staring you in the face tonight, God has the remedy for our terrible, terrifying, troubled times. God has the remedy. Now, I mean to say, some of you, God is speaking this tonight just for you. In fact, most likely it is for all of us to hear tonight. So let's look at our verses tonight. Let's go quickly to our verses. Verse 1, Jesus is speaking. He says this, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Jesus starts off here in the 14th chapter, Do not let your heart be troubled. Now, that word for troubled, we've seen it at least now two times. If you remember, it means violently shaken. Uh, it is a big deal. It is not a small affliction. It is not a small thing, but it is the violent, violent shaking of our heart. Do not let your heart be shaken. The news of the trouble violently shakes us. Well, the first thing we see tonight is this. The first thing to see is that Jesus understands a troubled heart. Jesus understands a troubled heart. In fact, that is why we know this word. If you remember in chapter 12, when Jesus reveals that he is very soon, very shortly going to the cross, it says that he is troubled. If you remember in chapter 13, when Jesus announces that his betrayer, one that he loves, Judas is there with them. The Bible says that he is troubled. So understand, friends, Jesus understands a troubled heart. He knows the pain. He knows the heartache of a troubled heart. You ever have somebody, and they're usually well-meaning, but you ever have somebody, and they have no earthly idea what you're going through? And they come up in your day of trouble. They have no idea what you're going through. And they come up in the midst of your trouble and they say, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. I kind of look at them. What do you know? It's going to be all right. It's like when dads are talking to the mom if she gives birth. It's, it's going to be all right. They have no idea. We have no idea what we're talking about. Breathe, baby. Breathe. We have no idea, but it's going to be all right for you. Well, understand tonight, Jesus knows, Jesus understands what it's like to have a troubled heart. Do you know that? Our Savior knows what it's like to have a troubled heart. Now, that brings us to the second thing we see tonight, and that is this. Jesus has a remedy 
for a troubled heart. Now, praise the Lord for that. Jesus has a remedy for a troubled heart. Now, I want you to think about these disciples. These disciples left everything for Jesus. They left their jobs. They left their careers. They left their futures behind. They left their reputations. They left their homes. They left their families they left everything to follow Jesus, to walk with Jesus. Well, they've spent these years walking with Jesus, and now he has told them that he will die. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean for them? He has told them that one of them, not some distant enemy, one of them will betray them. Judas has now left. What is happening? What is going on? He has now told them that they're going to be separated that things are about to change. He's told them that where he's going, they cannot go. And they're thinking, well, he's our everything. What does that mean to us? Now, more than all of that, he has told them the time is now. You see, it's one thing if it's a little bit further down the road. It's a, one thing if it's coming somewhere in the future. But he has told them it is in these hours. He has told them the time is is now. It is right now. And so we see the disciples, we find the disciples, and they are anxious, they are sad, they are confused, they are heartbroken, they're not sure of what to expect, they're trying to piece it together, and it's too much for them to take in. Now, how would it not be? It's too much for them to take in, and Jesus has the remedy for a troubled heart. He says this, believe in God, believe also in me. Now, the, the, the key here, the point here to understanding this, believe in God, believe also in me is the word for believe. It is not a saving belief. It's not that word. It is not a saving faith. They already had that. The best translation for this word the word that is used here, the best translation is the word for trust. And so understand tonight, Jesus most literally says, trust in God, and so also trust in me. Trust also in me. Jesus says here, do not be rattled, do not be shaken, trust in me. Tonight it is no different. Whatever you are facing, Jesus says, trust in him. And I want to tell you tonight, the truth is this, you can trust in Jesus. We can trust in Jesus. He is faithful. He is trustworthy. And so he says, whatever you're facing, trust in me. The good news is this, we have somewhere to trust tonight. We trust in Jesus tonight. Now, from our verses I want to show us four things we are to trust about Jesus or in Jesus. Four things, now that we find comfort in trusting in Jesus, well, we're going to see in our verses four things that we are to trust about Jesus or in Jesus. Now, the first thing is this. We trust in the promise of Jesus. We trust in the promise of Jesus. Verse 2 the first part of the verse says this. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. Now, that's what he says. In my Father's house 
are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. In my Father's house, it is talking about the kingdom of God. Most literally, it is talking about heaven. And so Jesus says, in heaven, in my Father's house, in heaven, there are many dwelling places. That's what Jesus says. Now, the King James Version translates this, mansions. There are many mansions. Now, I've always liked the idea of a mansion. I've got a mansion just over the hilltop. I, I like the idea of a mansion in heaven. Now, I'll, I'll tell you tonight, I've preached many funerals, and in those funerals I've preached, we have a mansion. This is talking about a mansion. I've preached that. Well, I want to tell you, however, the best translation, if you go to the original language, the best translation of the original language is actually dwelling places. It's the best translation. It is, it is more literally rooms, actually rooms. In my father's mansion, in my father's house, are many dwelling places, are many rooms. Now, I'll just tell you, when I think about that, I honestly like it better. You see, when I think about that, and that's what the truth of the Scripture says, when I think about that, I do not have a mansion on the Father's street. I do not have a mansion next door to the Father. No, the truth of Scripture is I have a room in the Father's mansion. That's a lot better to me. I have a room in the Father's mansion, not a house down the street. They'd put me around the corner if they could. I have a room in the Father's mansion. So much better. So get this. The promise of Jesus is that by faith in Him, listen very carefully, we have a place in the Father's mansion. Do you understand that? The promise of Jesus, this is what He tells us, by faith in Him, we have a room in the Father's mansion. Jesus says we can have calm hearts. We can exist in peace, trusting in the promise of Jesus. I want to say this. I want to point this out. And I couldn't get off of here without doing it. I want to say this, and I want to point this out. As believers, as Christians... We are a forward-hoping people. Understand that. As believers, we are a forward-hoping people. As believers, here's the truth. The best is always ahead. That's what I'm trying to say. As a believer in Jesus Christ, whatever situation you're in, however good it is, however bad it is, for a believer, the best is always ahead. Jesus tells us we can take comfort in that. You see, as believers tonight, we are saved right now. As believers tonight, we are forgiven right now. As believers tonight, we are declared righteous before a holy God. We have the righteousness of Jesus. As believers tonight, eternal life, we have it right now. As believers, we have joy. We don't have to wait. We have joy right now. As believers, we have peace right now. Oh, but listen to me, friend. There is coming a day. 
Listen, there is coming a day when there'll be no more sickness and there'll be no more sorrow and there'll be no more pain for the former things have passed away and the new things are here. There'll be no more sin. There'll be no more stain of sin and all is joy forevermore on that peaceful golden shore. That day waits for us as followers of Jesus Christ. What a day, glorious day that shall be. Listen, follower of Jesus Christ, the best is still ahead. The best is always ahead. As tough as it is, as troubled as it may become, in the promise of Jesus, we are a forward-hoping people, and the best days are always ahead. We trust in the promise of Jesus. Praise the Lord, we trust in the promise of Jesus. Second thing tonight, we trust in the preparation of Jesus. We trust in the promise of Jesus. We trust in the preparation of Jesus. The end of verse 2 says this, For I go and prepare a place for you. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, For I go and prepare a place for you. Jesus tells the disciples, sitting with the disciples, I am going to prepare. The literal translation is make ready. I'm going to make ready a place for you. That's what he says. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Now, this may be one of the most misapplied verses in Scripture. Now, that's that's saying something because there's a lot of misapplied verses. But this may be one of the most misapplied verses in Scripture. You see, there are many people, and I've heard them, And they say that Jesus has gone to heaven and he's preparing a place for us there. And they say that, and they're well-meaning. They say, well, Jesus, he's ascended, he's gone to heaven, and he's preparing your room in heaven. He's getting it ready. And when he gets your place ready, he will come and get us. And people will say, well... Evidently, Jesus wasn't ready for them. The place wasn't ready. Somebody escaped death. They lived. They said, well, evidently their place wasn't ready. Jesus wasn't ready for them. Or somebody else, they will say, Jesus got their place ready, and so he came and got them. No, listen to me. That's not it at all. This is understood in the context. Where is Jesus going from here? Stay with me. Understand it in the context. Where is Jesus going from here? It is the cross. Within hours, he will be on the cross. Be very sure tonight, it is at the cross that our place is prepared. It is at the cross that is prepared for us. It is at the cross that our sins are paid for. It is at the cross that we are fit for heaven. And so it is at the cross where our room is made ready. What a beautiful thing that is. What an an awe-striking thing that is. Jesus gets our place ready, not with a hammer and nails framing out our new room in the expanse of heaven. No, Jesus goes and he secures our place as an executioner's hammer drives nails through him and his blood is shed, preparing our place in the Father's house. What a Savior, what love. Second thing tonight, we can trust the preparation of Jesus. 
Third thing is this. He says, don't let your heart be troubled. We can trust that we will be in the presence of Jesus. We can trust in the presence that we will be in the presence of Jesus. Verse 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Now think about this. The cross was about to be the most terrifying thing for these disciples. It was about to be the most troubling, and you wonder what trouble is? This is about to be the most troubling thing for these disciples. Can you imagine they will actually hear the hammer as it rings off of the nails driven into Jesus? They will see their friend, our Savior, as blood runs down his brow, and he can't move to wipe it off. They will hear his groans. They will actually hear his groans and his breath as he struggles to breathe. And it'll be the most troubling sight. It'll be the most troubling thing ever, a sight they will never forget. And Jesus in his grace turns it around. He turns it around and he tells them, as you see that gruesome sight, as you are haunted by those sounds, And as you can't forget the image even years later, that same sight is the surety that I will come again. And when I do, I will receive you to myself that where I am there, you will be also. Not separated any longer in suffering, not separated in time or space, not separated any longer by sin, but as sure as you see the cross, you know the promise is we will be together. Folks, that is our promise today. That is our comfort today as well. And listen to me tonight, as sure as there was a cross and as sure as Jesus died on it, preparing our place, he will come again and we will be with Jesus. The greatest part of heaven, in fact, the glory of heaven, the greatest part of heaven, river of life, pretty cool, it's not it. Streets as of gold, pretty awesome, amazing, not it. Gates of pearl, I can't wait to see them, it's not it. The absence of sin, praise the Lord, it's not it. The greatest part of heaven is we will see Jesus then face to face. We will be eternally in the presence of Jesus and we shall behold our Savior. That's the greatest part of heaven. Jesus says, do not let your heart be troubled. Take hope even as you see the terrible cross. We will be together. Tonight, however hard your troubles are, however terrible your your days are right now, we have the promise that by faith in Jesus, we shall be with Jesus. Verse 4. And you know the way where I'm going. Verse 5. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How do we know the way? Now, Thomas, understanding, is overwhelmed at this point. He can't get it. He can't understand this. He, he will one day. 
But on this day, he is confused and he says, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How do we know the way? And that brings us to the last point. We can trust, listen to me, in the person of Jesus. We can trust in the person of Jesus. You see, all of this is secured in the person of Jesus. All of this is settled in the person of Jesus. We can trust in the person of Jesus. Verse 6, last verse tonight. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus answers, let's look at it. Jesus answered, I am. Remember that verb? We've looked at it a couple times. It's a verb that God uses to name himself. It's a verb that God uses to describe himself. Jesus using that verb is saying, I am God. I am eternal. I am creator. I am the giver of life. I am infinitely powerful. I am infinitely wise. I am God. Thomas says here, how are we going to get there? How are we going to get there, Lord? Jesus says, I am the way. I am the way. It means Jesus is saying, I am the route. If there's a route to get there, I am the route. I am the means. I am the way. Now, I want you to get this. There is no other way but Jesus. There is no other way but Jesus. There's not many ways. That's what the world says. That's the smart thing, the enlightened thing. Listen, there's not many ways. There's not even two ways. But listen, the good news is there is one way, and that way is Jesus. I am the way. Then he says, I am the truth, meaning the truth of God, the truth of salvation. In a world of lies, in a world of deception, if you want to know the truth tonight, if you want to know what you can depend on tonight, it is Jesus. He says, I am the truth. And then he says, and the life. Jesus says, I am the the life. We've seen this all the way through the gospel of John. He is the creator of life. Therefore, he is able to be the giver of life, both physical and spiritual. That's why he says, and whoever believes in him will live even if he dies. And whoever lives and believes in him will never die. Jesus is the life. In him is life. Praise the Lord. And then he says this, and no one comes to the Father, but through me. Hear that again. And no one, not even one, comes to the Father, will come to the Father, but through me, through Jesus. Today in our world, that sounds pretty narrow. It is. Today in our world, that sounds pretty hard. The world say, well, that's unloving, isn't it? Today in our world, to say there's no other way to have peace with God. That is arrogant. How exclusive can you be? Surely there's another way. Folks, I, I want you not to miss this. You see, in this statement, Jesus in his grace is trying to save us. That's what he's doing here. He's saying, don't go looking in all the wrong places. 
He loves us too much. Don't go looking in all the wrong places. He's saying don't crush your heart looking for all the empty answers. It won't turn out for you. He's saying don't wear yourself out striving to find answers that are not there. He says very clearly, no one comes to the Father but through me. But you do have me. That's what he says. But you do have me. Friends, tonight, the answer for trouble is to trust in Jesus. Trust in Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come tonight and we're thankful, so thankful for your word. So thankful for your truth. So thankful, most of all, for the revelation of that word, our Savior, Jesus. That you are the truth in a world of lies. That you are the way, that we know the way, that in your grace you say, here's the way. And that in you is life. Physical life and spiritual life. Lord, we praise you for that. Lord, I pray as we, as we hear this tonight, I pray for those that haven't trusted you. I pray for those that haven't turned to the truth, that haven't found the way. They're looking for some way. I know they're suffering in their pursuit. But because they haven't trusted you, they haven't found life. And so they toil on in death. They march on in the darkness of death. Lord, I pray that tonight in the hearing of good news, in the hearing of a risen, resurrected Savior, that in grace offers the forgiveness of sin, I pray that tonight they would trust you. I pray that tonight they would turn to you. And I pray it would be many in number. And that tonight they'd find peace. And Lord, I pray for us here that are believers that are hearing as believers. I pray, Lord, that this exclusive message we would understand is, is the grace of Christ telling folks there is hope, there is peace, there is a way, there is truth, and his name is Jesus. Lord, help us to be ambassadors of that message. Help us to be great stewards as proclaimers of that message. And we're thankful that tonight there is hope. Lord, we, we praise you again. We thank you. We ask in this time of invitation that you would speak, that you would move, that you'd be glorified. We give it to you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to conclude tonight with a time of invitation, a time of response, a time to respond to the truth of God's word. And I want to tell you, all of these words, all of these words are given that you would believe so that we would believe, that we would know there is hope in Jesus and that in believing we'd be saved. If you're here tonight, if you're listening tonight and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, trust him tonight, turn to him tonight. He will forgive you of your sin. He will save you. He'll give you peace with God as you wear his righteousness. If you've never turned to Jesus, turn to him tonight. There's not a checklist. There's not a set of rules to follow. There's not a bunch of things you have to do beforehand. If you just turn and say, Jesus, I am a sinner. I'm sorry. I'm sick of that sin. I'm sorry. Lord Jesus, I ask that you forgive me of that sin. He will. He's righteous and just. He'll forgive you of that sin. If you'll turn to him, professing him as Lord, saying with your mouth what you believe in your heart, the Bible says you shall be, will be saved. If you've never turned to Jesus, turn to him tonight. Trust him tonight. If you've trusted Christ but never fought in believer's baptism, I want to give you another opportunity to come and say, I want that testimony to stand in my life as a celebration of our Savior, Jesus. 
Maybe you're looking for a church home and you've prayed about it and believe God has led you here. Then you come as well on this night and we'll join fellowship and we'll serve him for his glory. Maybe on this Thursday night, you want to come pray at an altar. Maybe you want to come pray with me. I'm going to ask that no one would move around, no one would stir about or head for an exit, but that we would pray for those that are making decisions. If you have a decision to make, as we stand to sing, you step out. You come on. I'll meet you here. You come on. I'll meet you here.